following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland, from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. Yep, it's time for another episode. This is episode 366. It's a good show, too. It's a big show. Got a lot of stuff going on on this program. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, currently, uh, as this is being recorded, uh, your mileage may vary, of course. And depending on when you catch this show, it'll be vastly different, more than likely. Uh, even if it airs, which it does, it airs on Wednesday at midnight at Radio Memphis. It'll be Wednesday, Wednesday night after the Spud Goodman show. <clears throat> um, it's 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 been snowing here. <laughs> And it's it's amusing because it seems to catch people that live in Memphis by surprise. Every time, every year, when there's a little bit of frozen precipitation, everybody works. They just they just flip out. Now, thankfully, we had we had a bit of an ice storm, and that uh, that kind of went away, which is good because uh, it could have been a lot worse than what it was. But now it's just snow, and we got a bunch of snow that's that's headed our way, and. Um, and it's going to be cold for a while, which means the snow is going to stay on the ground for a long time. So, you know, there's, it'll be a mess. It's going to be a big old wet mess. So, uh, so yeah. And on that, uh, I got hung up, uh, in a, at a, at a local midtown grocery store, big time chain starts with the letter K it, it, uh, it rhymes with Kroger, <laughs> man, y'all need to get y'all shit together. <laughs> I mean, it was madness. I was I was there just picking up a few things, and uh, nothing for the storm. It was stuff we already had. I mean, it was just you know your usual weekly run to the store. And uh, um, uh, I did I don't like going there, but I had to because the wife had some prescriptions that she needed to pick up, and she'd had them filled over there. So I was over there getting all that. I was an hour and a half in that damn place trying to get in and out of there, and it was just it was chaos, absolute utter chaos and of course i got in the line um that uh, that had a, a i think a trainee which is fine i don't have a problem with that. everybody has to start somewhere right you know and uh so she was a little bit slower but that's all right and the uh there was there was a lady farther up there she, she, she seemed to be there forever until she whipped out her her little checkbook and commenced to writing the check can i make this out too Oh, okay, hold on. Do you have a pen? Oh, my God. This one doesn't. See. How do you make it work? <sighs> the only thing I had going for me at the moment was that there was a woman in front of me in the line who had a had a fantastic ass. So there was that. Uh, thank you, madam, whoever you were. Appreciate that. <laughs> it was a day brightener when you've got, you know, it's the little things in the world. That's <laughs> about all there is to it. All right. Speaking of uh, such matters, the little things in the world, it's, it's actually, um, it's actually, uh, this is a big thing, uh, really. Um, those of you who are fans of any type of music, if you have a record collection, if you have a music collection, uh, chances are you've got uh, my guest on th- on one of those records, if not more than one. Uh, this man is, uh, he is the musician's musician. By God, he's been doing it for a long, long time. He's a delightful man. Uh, he's, he's a lot of fun to talk to and you're going to enjoy this great conversation. I, I, or your money back is <laughs> the way it goes. Uh, Mr. Leland Sklar will join us here in a matter of moments. 
Yeah, buddy. He's going to talk about, he's got a book uh, that he's got, uh, that is out uh, that you can get. Uh, it's called uh, Everybody Loves Me. And uh, it's, 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 it's not what you think. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about some of the, you know, Tales from the Road, his work with Phil Collins, uh, touring with Jackson Brown, uh, how he likes being out on the road instead of in the studio. So he's, he's, he's going to talk a lot about that and how to, how to make it through the pandemic. And uh, he's got some, he's, he's got a really healthy approach to it all. He's a great cat. He's going to join us right up next up out of this brief break. It's Mr. Leland Sklar here from Radioland. Hi, this is Reverend Oma from the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. Now that we're all spending more time at home, let us help you keep things feeling calm and peaceful. We have a huge selection of incense, including sticks, cones, and powders, along with burners to keep your home smelling great and feeling calm. We also offer sage, palo santo, smudges, and room sprays. Add some crystals, singing bowls, or candles, and choose from a variety of mindful living gifts to complete your sacred space. Visit us in downtown Memphis or online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com. My guest this time uh, is uh, is a musician. You have probably, you've uh, no doubt, in your record collection, you've got uh, uh, this gentleman uh, uh, playing on some record somewhere in your in your collection. He is uh, he's the bassist bassist, if you will. He is Leland Sklar, and he joins us. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How about yourself? You can't complain. I just we, we you're just trying to keep keep a head down from this this pandemic uh, pandemic business and and watching the world slowly start to rebuild itself from our places here and I'm and I'm happy and uh, and I'm I'm thrilled to have you here and it's uh, and I we, we were talking earlier you you've been to Memphis several times. Well, I, 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 I'm suddenly feeling like a Mark Cohn song here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I love Mem- I love Memphis. You know, I, I've I've played there so many times over the years, and um, I, I love eating there. I love hearing music there. I love wandering the streets. So um, it, it's great. You right now, there's a lot of tumbleweeds and and balled up balls of old guitar strings rolling around the streets. Uh, Beale Street is basically closed right now because of yeah. you know what's going on, and it's yeah. Well, Los Angeles is suffering the same same way. I mean, every place that's where there's any kind of chance for anything entertaining or live going on, it is definitely a ghost town at this point in America. So are it's you, tough. It's tough. Are you, are you, are you recording much these days or have you, uh, even with, with all this, I know, thank God for the, the technology you can, uh, you can fly in tracks back and forth. If the, if your studios are set up, are you doing any of that stuff? Or are you doing some in-person um, stuff? I, I actually started it with the pandemic. I had never recorded at home in my entire career. I would, you know, I still prefer, you know, of course, I prefer the studio and being with other musicians. But when people at, before the pandemic would contact me, they'd say, you know, can we send you some files? And I used it as an excuse to go out to lunch with friends who had studios. So I would just go to their house. But, you know, now we're not doing any of that. So um, I ended up getting an SSL 2 plus interface yeah. and just hooked up the garage band. And I've done a, a, a few albums. Um, I've got a few things that people have sent me files that... I just haven't had a chance to get to yet, but they're not in a rush. So over the next week or two, I'm going to, I've got a couple more projects to do, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be doing it. It's, it's not the way I like to make music, but, um, um, you know, but I'm ready to do whatever it takes at this point, but studios for the most part in LA, um, they're still not happening. They, I've been in the studio like two times, um, since this all started and it was like with only two of us, working in the studio so it's going to be a while 
It is. Uh, I, I, the musicians that I've talked to from all over the country have they've all are, are taking it in stride as best they can. But there, there are also a lot of cats that are using this time uh, relatively constructively, and they're doing a lot of writing. Yeah. Uh, they're they're practicing a bit. They're trying to keep their chops up, and they're coming up yep. with new things. And I would expect that. As we start to come out of this, there's going to be there's going to be like a take a number thing outside the studio door to come get your tracks made, and we're going to see a absolutely a pile of new music coming to us. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be like a tidal wave of creativity. I think this going to it's going to be a tsunami. It's going to come pouring in. Um, yeah, it's it's a matter of kind of looking at this period and either succumbing to it or figuring out how to negotiate through it. And it's actually for me, I had a really busy year ahead of me when the uh, when my uh, year turned into a fart in a hurricane yeah, and just yeah, disappeared. Yeah. Um, and I just had to, you know, like everybody else, think about what to do. And I've actually been busier than I've ever been this year. Wow. Um, I, I created a YouTube channel by accident <laughs> that I've I've put up a, a at least one video a day every single day. I haven't missed one day since March since the pandemic began, um, and and it's I've got about one hundred forty five thousand diehard you know fans on it. Yeah, and, and it's it I it gives me so much joy, and I I formed a clubhouse within that, and it, every two weeks we do like a couple hour live stream and. Um, and then I've been contemplating doing a book for years. Um, and I actually have a book out now that, uh, that I did that is 6,000 photographs of everybody imaginable giving me the finger. Oh, that's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive, huge six-pound <laughs> coffee table book. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've just finished. I mean, I self-published it. I, yeah. I did, did everything. And, uh, I've just, I mean, I just finished fulfilling like 1600 orders for it and, you know, I'm mailing everything myself. So I've suddenly gone retail. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny how during times of struggle, like a, well, you know, like a pandemic, all this creative shit starts to happen. You go, you know what? I think I am going to put up the finger book and, and, and make it happen. Well, it's, it's something that, that I've been taking these pictures. It, it, it was a complete accident the way everything things started right um with this i uh, i i don't know how, how you are time wise I, I can get long-winded and tell you some stories oh, that you can you can I, edit out the hell out of i've it. got uh, as much time as you're willing to give and i usually typically don't edit much I, I run this warts and all okay well let me let me give you a carbuncle and a boil here sure um when we were on the road with Phil Collins in 2004 doing his uh, first final farewell tour, yeah, there, there was talk towards the end of that tour that Phil was going to maybe call it quits at that point and retire. And um, I kind of thought, Jesus, you know, I, I've been on the road with a ton of these guys for years. We had, you know, between band and crew, we probably had 100 people on the road. And it was a massive year-long tour. Sure. Well, I, I had a base. They hired a base tech for me. This guy, Steve Winstead, his nickname was Chinner. And um, he came into it ready to do, do my bidding and my needs. And when we first met, he said, what do you need? And I said, I don't know, nothing, I guess. Cause I, I've always done my own gear. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so we had kind of like a running gag going through the whole thing where every time he'd see me, he would just look and shake his head like, you know, so I got nothing to do today too. 
Um, I think he came in off of a tour where the bass player had like 10 basses and wanted new strings every day. Oh my God. Yeah. So he was, he was chomping at the bit ready to go. Um, so we, you know, he, he became like a general guy for the whole tour. He would help the percussionist background singers and he did stuff for me, but I wasn't, I only bring two basses on the road, one for the show and one as a backup in case something goes wrong. Right. Right. Um, one. So I said, I guess just have my, you know, amp on stage and make sure it goes on. I guess that's all I really need. <laughs> yeah. um, so at, at the end, I just, as the tour was drawing to a close, I thought to myself, I'm just going to take a picture of everybody and um, and just put it away in like a little memory book. Just, you know, sure. for, you know, as long as I still have a memory, I can enjoy it. And um, uh, luck would have it. The first person I walked up to was Chinner and he's sitting at his laptop working. And I said, hey, Chinner, give me a smile. And he gives me the finger instead. <laughs> so, I, I, so I take the picture and I kind of look at it and I go, this is this is actually pretty cool. So I immediately went and got Phil his manager, the band, the crew, the caterers, the truck drivers, ended up with about 140 pictures altogether and put it away for a couple of years, just had a little folder that, yeah. you know, and that was it. <laughs> then I, then I, after that, I went on the on tour with Toto for the first time. Yes. And I, and I kind of thought, that was kind of cool. Maybe I'll do these guys too. So I got Lukather and all the guys to flip me off and people <laughs> that were associated with it. And I got up to about 300 some pictures and this whole thing took on a life of its own at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and at this, and so like I would go to the NAM show and I could leave people come running up to me, flipping me off going, Hey, we're supposed to do this. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I've got, I've got everything. My parents are, are in the book. Nuns. Um, but I've got tons of people from, you know, the industry, you know, I've got, you know, one page you're looking at Willie Nelson and Christofferson and, and you know, Merle Haggard. And the next page is Jeff Beck and Jean, Jane Seymour. Oh, you know, like, wow. It, it's, it, but it's a real high quality book. So I ended up with 12,000 photographs. And what, what I did was I was at a party by this uh, local painter was giving like a little backyard get together. And one of the guys there uh, has a company called Art Alliance and they do all kinds of fine artwork. Yeah. And I told him about the idea and he said, do it, let's do it. And he helped me design the book and, um, and he, we weeded through the pictures and I'm there's so many that aren't in this thing that it breaks it breaks my heart because we had to hone it down to about six thousand pictures. And well, then there's volume two. That's you know. Well, I, it's sitting there. I don't know if my if I would survive a second one having done this all myself. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of work. But, yeah. Oh, it's a ton of work. Um, but right now I'm I've got I'm looking at uh, trying to get it over to Japan. I'm looking for fulfillment centers in Europe and yeah. stuff. So. Uh, but it's it is a hoot, and it's called "Everybody Loves Me." Oh, that's lovely! And it 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 starts off with babies giving the finger, oh, and yeah. the little kids, and uh, but everybody who's who's gotten the book, they're all posting pictures on Facebook of them with the book, and they're saying it's the coolest thing. And the Los Angeles Times book section somehow got their hands on it, gave a re gave it one of the most glowing reviews I've ever seen, and said. This is like the must book of the year. And, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you might want you might wind up in the New York Times bestseller list with something. Uh, something well, yeah, worse things could happen. Yes, that's so um, true. 
<laughs> so I'm having I'm having a great time with that. And the YouTube thing um, started by completely by accident. I uh, we had come off of this uh, the last Phil Collins tour, which was called Not Dead Yet. Yes. And um, I had some guys writing me. We were doing a lot of stadium gigs in Europe and South America, and I had guys writing to me going. Uh, we saw the show, you know, and man, it sounded unbelievable. But, the, you know, we couldn't hear all the details because those venues are, are not detailed. You're not at right. Carnegie Hall. Right. And um, so what I decided to do was I contacted Michel Collin, who was our front of house mixer, and had him send me one of the uh, board mixes. Uh, he sent me a show from Adelaide, Australia that we did. And what I did is I just put that in my laptop i plugged in a little bose speaker into the headphone jack and then on the floor i've got a little bass rig and what i did was i balanced them and i decided just to start with the first song the first day of doing this of the show and played the the board mix and then mixed it in such a way that i was playing along and the bass was on top of the track rather than in the track right and the next day i did the second song of the th well on the third day I started getting tons of people writing going, man, we love your YouTube channel. And I'm going, what? What YouTube channel? And this suddenly evolved into a YouTube channel. Well, I ended up finishing F Phil's show. I, I left out one song. I figured it'll be the penultimate song of this whole experience of Take Me Home. Mm -hmm. But but um, I got through all of that. And I, then I started going, well, this is I'm loving this. So. I went back and I got I, I did stuff from Billy Cobham's. I, I'm, it's only stuff I've played on. Um, so I did a bunch of the songs from Stratus, Billy Cobham's album. Right, I did right. um, Doctor My Eyes and Running on Empty and Jackson and stuff from Ronstadt and Lyle Lovett. And and now I've been literally I've got must have a, a good 400 videos up this year. Um and and it's just it, it keeps building and it's become a remarkable community when we do the live streams uh, i i sit there sometimes for 15 minutes reading the chat window before i log in, come in right these these people have all become friends they're talking to each other from new zealand to croatia wow and, and hanging so during this time of separation um this has become a this has become like mayberry yeah <laughs> it has like, yeah if we could all be playing checkers, we'd be doing great. Um, so it, it, it's it's been a remarkable, almost in, in, in a guilty way, I hate saying a remarkable year, because I've also had a number of friends die, a number of friends who are, are, are ill, yeah. uh, friends who are losing everything. So, you know, I, I feel fortunate that I found things to do to keep me occupied during this period and it, and they've all seemed to be very positive for people's lives um but that doesn't make me um any less cognizant of the absolutely terrible situation that humanity is in through this period and uh well if you know at, at the same time you know when you like with your youtube channel you're you're uh, it, I've, I watched a little bit of what you were doing and, and it was the one I think you put up today uh, with the, uh, about Judith and uh, the Johnny Mitchell oh, yeah. track. Yeah. And it's, um, it's kind of cool that, that, that you're doing it where you're, like you said, the bass is on top of the track and it becomes a little bit of a clinic for other bass players or other musicians yeah. even. So it's like, Oh, oh so yeah. that's how that's done. That's where, that's where that's coming from. Yeah. Well, that's, that's for me is, is really what's become so interesting is, 
people commenting on the parts and, and other big players that I know that said, oh, I've been playing that for years and I've been doing it. Like I, I thought I was doing it right, but that's actually, I see now what you're doing. But the thing is like, I've been asked for, for years and years and years to do like an autobiography. And I have no desire to do that. I've seen enough of these out there, sure. but this is, be, this is becoming kind of like that because like with each one of them, I, I, I dig in really deep on some of them about, all the musicians that were on the session, what studio we cut it at, um, different experiences um, from from touring and life experiences. So this has become kind of my way of approaching doing something like that, but more in, in, as a, uh, it's it just not like a book. This is really a whole different thing. And I'm far more comfortable sitting and talking about it than actually sitting and even with somebody else and writing about it. That really is not me, but to sit and kind of, uh, you know, spontaneously, cause I don't rehearse anything. I just do it. And, sure, uh, sure. and I, I, I haven't edited anything. I've got squeaky chairs. That I'm going to turn a light on here. For a second. Um, we've got like, you know, it's so low tech, you know, and everybody, you know, appreciates the fact like, cause there's so many really slick, channels um yeah there, there. well there's a thing about you know that low tech and that it, i think it really shows a little bit more the rawness of yeah it's of, honest it's very honest and as a musician there there i think we and as as, as fans and, and and those who appreciate the skill and the art that goes into this this line of work we like to see that rawness because yeah. it, it, it i think it really humanizes not that well, i mean yeah you got you got algorithms and all this other crazy shit that's making music but but to see the actual you know, the, the blood and guts that goes into that yeah. kind of thing is, you know, when God, when we, when we, I was buying albums, I always got a kick out of hearing the, the, the intentional mistakes that you would hear, you know, yeah. um, uh, oh, there was, I had one of mine, I can't think of it, but you know, you, there's Steely Dan and then there's, you know, uh, Boomtown Rats, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you want that, that, that rawness to it, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like if you were listening to Billy Cobham's Spectrum album, yeah. there's w one of the songs where Tommy Bolin and Jan Hammer are trading licks back and forth. It might be Tari and Matador, one of those songs. But at one point you sit here and you hear Tommy doing a solo and he's going, rah, rah, rah. well, he goes, rah, rah breaks his e-string in the middle of the solo and we and that whole album is like one or two takes of, of every song we did the whole thing in two days and and tommy was that kind of a guitar player where he broke his string so he he, he finished the solo without the string yeah. and, and and played the head and then we went on to the next tune and so it's on the record and man i i just love the fact that the energy and the vitality of it was so strong that who gives a shit if you break a string? You right, know? Just, yeah. It wasn't catastrophic, but there's so many people that are so anal about every little thing. And I cop to all my clams on the channel and stuff, and all people immediately write and go, oh, thank God, man, you make mistakes too. Oh, God, I feel so much better about mine. You know? and, and I go, yeah, we're all human, sort of, except for a couple of guys on the network. And <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen their picture yet, so I'll, I'll give them a break at this point. But. I, I get a kick out of going back and listening to old 78 of of the, the the like the old blues stuff you know from robert johnson on up you know yeah and, and you know they were recording in like hotel rooms with and it was like a one pass thing you had to get it or not and you hear like a phone ringing down the hall yeah you know and it's or somebody dropping a shoe or bumping something and it's it and it does it brings that 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 back and and i'm, and I'm glad, is, yeah i'm yeah. glad you're doing that i'm doing that with this channel and i guess well hell you're getting up into that sweet youtube money now over here leland 
No, not at all, because everything I'm putting up is copyright protected. Oh, well, there's that. So I've, I've, I, I, the only time I can make any money on it, and that turns into like, you know, make many dollar, you know, kind of thing, yeah. is if I do a video where I don't play music. And I've only done maybe six like that during the entire right, time. Right. And, and so I'm not looking at this as anything for revenue purposes. Sure. This, this is really, somebody's making dough off of it. But I, I went through, I've, I've gone through some really funny things. I had a, uh, uh, one of the songs I did with Carly Simon was called Waterfall. Yeah. So I played Waterfall and did all this. I posted it. It was immediately blocked on there. And I told these stories about Carly and, and all the stuff we used to do and all. And I was just so pissed off that I ended up calling Carly at home. And I said, look, I got this channel and I just put this up today and they blocked it. And she went, what? What are you talking about? Called her manager who called me and he called Warner's. Yes. And made them made them unblock it. And suddenly everybody, I was their hero. Like uh, the little guy was like David who went against Goliath and killed him. <laughs> oh, well, it's always good to have a friend on the inside. And I'm sure your fans oh, are you're digging that, you know? Yeah, people were going crazy. So they're, they're sitting there going, you called Carly? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I said, yeah. I said, I I call. I, I, I have these people's numbers. I can call them. But it's one of these things that I knew from the get-go that there was no monetization yeah. um, possible on this because of copyright. And and it really had no interest to me. I've enjoyed doing this channel so much. And, and like I said, the community that's evolved. And it started off, and it just builds like I pick up like another 1,000 people a week on it. It just flipped over to 145,000 like day before yesterday. And... Uh, and I always talk to people about that. I said, you know, you could do a, a, a you put up a video of like you just eating boogers, you know, and you can yep. get 8 million views on it and oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But I said, you know, th that's, you know, that to me is not, I'm looking, I'm really looking for quality content. And, and this has become a major like tutorial thing. And the thing that's really cool is there's a, a really wonderful bassist in Spain and he's taken it on to him uh, on himself. And I, I had I didn't know him before all this started, but he started with the first song and he's done bass transcriptions of every single song I've put up. Oh wow. And and they look like I mean a beautiful book. I mean, this guy's the quality of his work is unbelievable. And he's doing the simplest like Reba McIntyre tune to like the most out fusion stuff. And I've got a whole folder with like tons and tons and tons of pages of all this guy's transcriptions and uh and i mean we're even kind of joking around i was talking to steve bailey at berkeley about maybe seeing if this if he would like to actually do a book right and right. of all these transcriptions now whether or not you would uh, the ideal situation would be to have it released with a, a you know a cd that would be all the songs but every you know this is what i don't get um when I'm always dealing with copyright protection and blocking and all this, and I'm thinking so many people on this network have said, I never knew about this artist till I heard them on your network. And I've just gone out and bought their album yet. The Warner's group and all these things, they sit there and they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Oh yeah, You're sitting, you're not monetizing it. You're not taking advantage of them. They're able to make money off of it yet. They'll, they'll block you from putting it up. So there, there's, I mean, when I think about this, this industry, 
Um, I, there's a part of me that just really just wants to, you know, scream and throw everything through the window because the, the, the so-called suits are just so stupid and nearsighted. Um, do, you, do you think there's a, a day of reckoning for that? Um, I know that there's been some winds of change. You're talking it, it happens every couple of years, but yeah, I, I know Congress. You know, I think they were talking about getting involved with it and trying to sort out yeah. the you know all the all the the rights and the royalties and all that stuff. Do you, do you see that happening anytime soon, or, or are we just in for the same shit, different day type of story here? Um, I, there's a few things that are going on where there's a, there's a number of players that that are representing the unions and stuff that are going in and really trying to, to do things through Congress. And there's a couple of bills that look like they might've had, it might have legs. Um, but for the most part, you, I find that you kind of go into this business knowing you're going to get reamed. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's the nature of the beast that, that seems to be there that the people in positions of power and authority most of the time really could care less. I've, I've heard record executives uh, not knowing I was within earshot talking about what nuisances musicians are. Yeah. You know, yeah. and all I'm thinking yeah. is, okay, in, when the shit really hits the fan, I can sit on a corner and play and put a cup out and people will put money on it. Record executive will sit there on the corner and nobody will get paid. Who are you? You don't do anything. Yeah. Kind of thing, kind of situation. It's, it's a tough call. Well, you become um, a circus animal at that point, and yeah. you know, and the ringmaster doesn't do anything but blow his whistle and you know throw a flag. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so it's I, I really don't know where the future lies. I know that the, the musicians' union is in dire straits uh, at this point. Um, guys like me, I mean, we're all I've worked my whole life at this, and I, I'm on my pension, and we're getting notifications that they're probably going to reduce our pensions by at least half Jesus. because because of insolvency and. Um, you so, know, things you pl- planned your whole life. It's, you know, it's, it's. So outside it, of, outside of publishing, I guess the only real money that's left in this business is out on the road, assuming there's not a pandemic happening, but. Well, you know, that's you know, it. It's performance. It's not uh, record sales anymore. Cause I mean, what was, what was the last time we had an album go platinum? I think was a question that some friends of mine and I were talking well, about. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, they said it was like the first year in history where nothing went gold. Wow. <laughs> You know, maybe Taylor Swift or something. Right. Like that. But right. I mean, you know, but it used to be there was, you know, when you'd look at, you know, the billboard charts and stuff and you'd really see some major sales going on. And uh, and at this point, you know, you've got gen- multiple generations now who think music should be free. So, you know, it's like even if you were selling, you know, CDs and stuff and you sold them for two dollars, um, people would go, why would I pay two bucks? I can get it for nothing. Sure. So I don't, I, do, I don't know, you know, I don't know where the future is. I mean, there's a part of me, I, I always want to try to maintain an, a, a level of enthusiasm for everything because music is really the lifeblood of humanity. Oh, without a and, doubt. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and so I, I want to see it succeed and go on, but you see all these roadblocks that, that come up all the time. Uh, and, and so much of it to me actually um, in, in reflection really happened when, when we went from analog to digital, because, you know, you'd sit back and, you know, when we were kids, you know, and somebody whipped out Sergeant Pepper and you immediately had to go buy a copy of Sergeant Pepper. Uh, and then cassettes came along and you might be able to record one generation of something on that before it really turned to crap. Right. But, you know, as soon as CDs came along, you know, you, 
people could just, you know, buy one, go somebody go out and get a CD copy machine and make a whole bunch of copies. Yeah. And it, it's like they opened Pandora's box and tossed the lid away and then realized they needed to put the lid back on and couldn't find it. So, yeah, what I was talking to a friend of mine about this, uh, and she was suggesting that, and and and, uh, and there were some other friends that too, they were talking about how like uh, uh, groups like ASCAP and BMI may wind up having to merge, um, yeah, uh, just just to just to stay alive, yeah, and and it, it it still leaves it still leaves you know guys like you out in the cold in, in some yeah. aspects, you know, that's yeah, they're protecting themselves, they don't give a shit about you know a musician, you know, god forbid. Well, it's like, you know, you look at SAG and AFTRA, yes. you know, I mean, they, they, but they've done really well for actors for the, for the most part. You look at their healthcare system and all mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I would, I've always been one of the more working players in, in LA and I would always get notifications saying I didn't work enough to qualify for medical, you know, wow. <laughs> and you just go, okay, well, let me figure, see how much you have to work to do that. And, uh, you know, and it's hard. I, I do a gig every year. Um, that I absolutely love. And this year, this past year, we had to, to, to blow it off. Um, and it's uh, for ASCAP. And we do it at the Library of Congress. And it's mm-hmm. called We Write the Songs. And they bring in, uh, we bring in about um, six or eight artists on it. And the, the, there's a beautiful theater in the Library of Congress. And it's, so it's all these senators and, and people in positions of power and ASCAP does it really just to, to lobby these people, because what happens is, you know, it's like Randy Newman might do it and Jimmy Webb and, um, you know, Lyle Lovett, you know, all kinds of different people. Hart would do it. And they would talk about the songwriting process. And then I was part of the house band. We would have like a like an eight piece band and we would back everybody. Right. And, and um and it's in Paul Williams, my dear friend, Paul Williams is the, he's the president of ASCAP. So he MCs the, sh- but it's really, you know, you're, you're just b- barely above water all the time when it comes to these things uh, yeah. in this business. And uh, it's, it's really sad that there's this whole kind of denigration of the arts, you know, like people just, you know, and it's that way from when you're a kid, you know, everybody asks your parents, when is, when's he going to get a real job? Yeah, yeah. Give, wait, give that up. Go get the gold watch. Go get the you know the guaranteed insurance. And even that is such a joke now. You know. Well, yeah. You know the eight Absolutely. to five gig of the cubicle world is slowly dying as well. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to ask you with 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 the, all the all the recordings you've been a part of. Have those by and large? Uh, and I, I don't, and please don't mistake me for getting too personal here. But no, were those, it's fine. Were those were those like just a paid session thing or do they give you a cut of, of the sales of the thing? I mean, I mean, how, how was it done in, in LA all these years? Uh, you're, you're, it's a, you're a paid hourly worker. Um, I, there's a couple of albums I worked on where the, the artists were generous and, and offered like a half a point or yeah. a point on their, on their record. That, that happens like one tenth of 1%. Uh, if you're lucky yeah. at that point. Um, so generally, uh, once I started really working, there's, a, there's a scale that's just you know, like single scale is, you know, what you get when you're starting at this. And then enough work came in where myself and the other guys I worked with during that period, the Russ Kunkels and Wadi Wachtels and all the guys in town yeah. started charging double scale. So, but you would be paid in for three-hour increments of work, right? And and at the end of the day, you you're you're basically a plumber. Yeah, you know, you're coming in for and, the job uh, and you leave. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, you know, it's, and for me, you know, it's like, I'm good with that. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't, you know, there's people I know. I mean, it's really funny on certain levels. I, I know groups that have done records where I've been called in to replace the guy on it and the guy's making millions of dollars and he might make a million dollars on something I got paid $1,500 to do. Wow. That's, so, that's crazy. And you're on a, you're on a number of hits too. So that's, that's oh. always that crapshoot that you're going into the studio with whomever and you go, okay, yeah, let me just do this tune. And then, you know, there's, here's a couple of grand, see you later, you know, be sweet. Yeah. And then, you know, six months from now, you know, it's pulling in Grammys. It's, you know, it's the oh, song's yeah. been sold over and over again to all these other artists. And it's like, wow, yeah. I was, that was me. I'd be sick to my stomach over that. I think Well, <laughs> you can be, Yeah. but, but that could also consume you. And the thing that, that I, in hindsight, um, looking at my cruise, because I've worked on about somewhere between 25 and 2,600 albums yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. And and I go, man, I feel so lucky to have played with the best players in the world, some unbelievably great artists. And, and I can't I, I can't complain. Um, I've always looked at my career as like I'm the tortoise rather than the hare. And, and it's really nice to still be really busy, you know, 50 years after first stepping into a studio. And, and for me, I, I feel fortunate that I know a lot of people that were like the one, you know, the proverbial one hit wonders Sure, that they had a, a great moment in the sun. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it fell out of, you know, whatever style or favor. And they, and they ended up building their lives around when they were at the top and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, selling everything and, and all that. So it is, it is what it is, but I, I'm, I'm forever grateful for the career I've had and the associations I've had. And I would like to continue doing this as, as long as I possibly can. And, sure. and there's things going on right now that are some of the most uh, exciting things of my entire career. I'm in a, this band that I'm in now is unbelievable called the immediate family and it's myself and russ kunkel and danny korchmar and wadi Wachtel and steve postel um we we've we've got a couple albums that we did in japan we've got a new album that's supposed to be released last november but because of the pandemic we're holding on to that but we've got an, an our third ep coming out we've done some unbelievably great videos um, Denny Tedesco, who made the Wrecking Crew movie, yes, is, is doing a documentary film about us right now, and that's about three quarters finished. Wow! And, and so, and we had a ton of work lined up, you know. But you now the pandemic hit, but we're we're really anxious, just you know, when things finally become viable and we can hit the road because live the band is great. What and, What um, would you say is your favorite thing? Then is it studio work or is it is it performance? Touring, touring, performance, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, if, if somebody put a gun to my head and said, make a choice, I would take live work. Uh, that's not to denigrate the studio by any means. Of course. I, absolutely, I absolutely love the process of making music. Um, and I, and I feel fortunate that I've never had to make that call of one or the other that right. every, every year, um, for, literally for the little over 50 years, I've been on the road every year. Um, and, uh, and, but I've also been in the studio a lot. So I, I love that I've been able to mix the two of those things up. Oh, that's fantastic. No, that's, that's, that's living the dream though. You know, yeah, for, it really is for, for any type of musician that has 
put in the time and their and and the the belief in their own art and, and has won some fans over and uh, and fellow musicians to be able to just hit the road with them and and go go be in the circus for a while and you know yep. and see the faces and meet the people and and have a few people give you the finger along the way that's uh, absolutely all about- <laughs> absolutely man it's like they they are into it you know i mean the word is out i mean in the past years wherever i'd go man i i, I could get whole audiences to give me the finger you know i mean it was like it, it, it's re- when you see the book you just it, it just puts a smile on your face there's nothing angry or confrontational in it it's right. just fun but um like i've always been one of those people like when i'd be on tour with james taylor or somebody like that yeah we would do like the, the you know the places like you know like mud island out there in memphis or blossom and all these sheds and generally like we'd do our sound check and then the band would go down and hang out in the dressing room. I go out and walk around the lawn. I'd meet people, sit down at a blanket, eat some fried chicken with people. Yeah. 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 To me, that has been one of the coolest parts of my entire career is the opportunity to meet people and to travel. And, and, and I wouldn't give that up for anything. I guess you're missing Nam, huh? Yeah, I was just on a virtual panel today with uh, Mr. Bonsai that that we did. We did this just a while back talking about my bases. And um, it, it was uh, it was really um, fun to do that. And I think I'm on I, I might have been on two other panels that were being used. We did a interview with Dom last Nam. They might have been redoing it this time with Dom 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 Famularo who's just great. He's really does really fabulous interviews. And it was me and Keltner and Lukather, some other people on that. Um, but it's, it's heartbreaking too. I mean, for me, Nam was always one of the, you know, a lot of people rag on it, but for me, it was really one of the highlights of the year was getting to see everybody because every after without Nam, everybody's an email or a phone call. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a bit of a homecoming, you know. That's yeah. that's kind of what that is, especially with all the industry folks that you and you might run into people you hadn't seen in a while, and it's always well, good to catch it. up, you know. And yeah, then that's it. What about summer, Nam? Uh, do you have any hopes for that uh, uh, this summer? Or? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. You know, we're all talking about work and stuff like that, and I think the earliest anybody's even remotely talking about working might be September, October. That's what we're hearing here. Uh, yeah, around that same time. And, you know, a yeah. lot of it, of course, is going to hinge on, you know, this vaccine and who's going to get the shot. And, you know, if, you know, how, how we're going to get through all the, the political bullshit that is, uh, that we've just been, you know, uh, yeah. well, I, I, under. I was listening to Fauci today. I mean, now they actually have a team that that's in scientists that are in charge rather than, you know, having Jared Kushner and, and Mike Pence running things who yeah. don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. Um, but, when it comes to it, I was listening to some doctors talking the other day on NPR, and they said the thing is, when the shots are happening, you should still think of being in, in a bubble. Like if you're with friends that have all had the shots, then you can actually look at getting together without masks and all that. But the minute you go out into public for for a while, they said you really need masks because you could have the virus like in your nasal passages and stuff. And because of the vaccine, you won't get the disease, but you can still spread it. Right. So they're saying, you know, it's going to be quite a while before there's real gatherings. It's going to be little bubbles of gatherings. So it's hard to tell what the future um, really is going to hold. And and, and I kind of look at it as 
this is just a you know a day by day. You know, I I was so furious this past month when um, Van Morrison and and Clapton came out with this song about you know let's open up the concerts and and Hagar did it just you know like yeah. months before them and I'm sitting there basically thinking, fuck you. Yeah. This is the most irresponsible crap I could ever imagine anybody saying, because who's the safest person at the gig? You. You'll you'll be coddled and you'll be taken to the mic and it'll be wiped down and you'll do your thing. And then you'll be coddled and taken back to the car and split. And so what about all the people that have been packed like sardines for hours down yeah. the audience? Yeah. And the fact that these guys are coming out with this stuff to me, it's just yeah, as much as I love their music, it just makes me so angry with them. It's a I bit think it's, it's, it's selfish. It's selfish is what it is. Yeah. And, and I get it. But at the same time. You know, you're right. Fuck you. You know, what about those of us that are buying the tickets and who have bought these songs year after year in every damn format they come out in, you know? Yeah. And they don't they don't they obviously don't care about their their fan base. It's all about their ego. And of course, every musician I know is dying to get on the road. Oh, sure. Dying to get out and play. But it has to be done responsibly. And until you know, until scientists really say it's okay now. Like we've 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 immunized eighty percent of the global population, right? And and at this point, there will be people that are still going to get sick and will die, just like any other influenza that that happens. But there is that herd thing that'll happen once. The, the thing thrives on hosts, and if there aren't enough hosts, then the thing will die out. Just in the same way, I remember as a little kid going to school and getting the sugar cube with my polio vaccine right, in it. Right. You know, and all, all these, I get smallpox and vaccines and shingles. And, you know, I, I'm not afraid of this stuff. I don't buy into the nonsense. I was a science major in college, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in science. And, you know, people are saying this all came about too fast. Well, I'm going, man, science evolves it in quantum leaps. Oh, sure it does. And, and something that maybe really you, they couldn't have pulled off three years ago or five years ago. At this point, the technology is there to, 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 to accelerate certain things. And when you look at the alternative, is I'm looking at, you know, friends of mine that are dead. I yeah. go, man, I'd rather chance it with a vaccine than what they than the fact that they died lonely. They couldn't have anybody except a nurse holding their hand as they breathe their last breath. No, not for me. The, one of the best analogies I've heard here as we, as we begin to we'll, we'll cut you loose here on your evening here in just a moment. But uh, it, it was there's a is a, a pretty cool analogy that was explained to me. They said. You know, this thing came out too quick. We don't, we don't, A, we don't know what's in it. And of course, I'm like, yeah, but you're the first motherfucker that's going to get a McRib. You don't even know what's in that. And, and second of all, imagine uh, seven years ago, six years ago, hopping online, ordering a box of soap and having it delivered within the same day. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have that. Yeah. You couldn't order a pair of socks and have it show up the next day, you know? And so, yeah, you, you have to rely on what these guys are doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful about it. I'm with you. I'm, I'm I very am hopeful. too. Yeah. You know, nothing's guaranteed, Yeah, but, but I think, I think the odds of getting through this are increasing on a daily basis. Certainly the odds of us getting through anything in the past year was impossible because we were dealing with such ignorant stupidity in positions of power. But now that there seems to be, a team that actually gets it. Yeah. Um, that n now is now is the time to be positive and enthusiastic and supportive for this, 
and uh, man, I, I'll, I'll I will be happy to be right at you know in line as soon as the the, the concerts open up, playing or going to concerts. Oh sure, just supporting each other and get this community back up and running. Especially like with all of us. I mean, the guys like me, I'll I'll be turning seventy four. You know, and you, you you know, there's finite amount of years of work left. You don't want to be pissing them away. No. Right. No. So, you know, we're all horny as hell to get out and work, but but I there's not one note I would ever play that's worth somebody getting sick over. Well so. put. Well put. Well, in the meantime, you're providing some great content on your uh, YouTube channel. Uh, just people just need to look for Leland Sklar and subscribe and, and enjoy the show plus the book. Yeah. Uh Everybody Loves Me is what, is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, if if they want if they want to check it out. I mean, the, the uh I had to create a website. I've never had a website before. So I had to create a website for this and it's called Leland Sklar's Okay. Because somebody had absconded with my name. All those and, bastards. Uh, so, uh, so rather than go kiss their butt, I just went, you know, Leland Sklar's And I, I just, I've also got like t-shirts that have my beard on the front of them. And all these people are going crazy wearing these beard shirts. And, nice. And I was a graphic artist. So I've got artwork that's really fine quality um, art prints, numbered, limited edition stuff. So I'm looking, I'm looking at all kinds of options of, of things that I find gratifying and people seem to really be enjoying. And, and I, I love in the shirts and the artwork and all that people are sending pictures of like, you know, the prints hanging up in their shop in their house and, you know, and the family's all wearing beard shirts. Well, no, that's great. You're, you're doing some good stuff and adding to the positivity of the world. And, yeah. you know, you not only are you living the dream, but you're, you're in, you're reveling in it, you're enjoying it. And, uh, and I think yeah. we, we could all take a, a nice lesson from, from the way you're doing things, Leland. And I, well, thanks man. I, I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to have a chat uh, with us over here. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, please reach out, let, let me know. And, uh, and we'll get you back on the show sometime, and uh, we'll have it. We'll have I would chance. love it. I would. I would love to do that. And maybe we can get together when our when the, the group's um, album gets released, and uh, it would be fun to run down that stuff with you. Because the guys, the history within this band is so insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we look at our discographies and stuff, you're looking at at hundreds of millions of records. Wow. You know, amongst you know sold amongst this band, it's. Uh, it's crazy. Um, so, but anything you want to do, I'm always, I'm, you know, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. We haven't been going anywhere for a while now. So, but, uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, Leland, please stay safe, uh, stay happy, stay healthy. And, uh, and I look forward to chatting with you again here very soon. I look forward to it too, man. You do the same to you. Stay safe and, We'll get through it. And I tell you one one more thing here. When this is all over, you come back to Memphis. We'll we'll get together. We'll uh, we'll do a thing, and and uh, we'll we'll I'll run you around, and show you what survived. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. And if people, if you if you're in need of any help there, if there's a food bank that needs somebody else to come and help serve, I'm I'm up, totally up for it. You're the man. Thank you so very much. I could be the woman too. Yeah, you could be. Yes. <laughs> Leland Sklar, ladies and gentlemen. Wizards is corona-free and is your headquarters for your essential quarantine supplies. Their viral sale is happening right now with deals throughout the store. Get some sage to chase away the bad stuff. Incense, woodwick candles, decorative fans, and things to keep you busy while you're stuck at home. T-shirts, bandanas, hats, and more on sale right now. CBD, Kratom products, and personal cleansers for that job interview. Open 10 to 10 every day at 1999 Madison Avenue in Midtown or get it all delivered when you order online at Wizards. WizardsMemphis.com
wizards, because it's still smoking. Must be 18 or older to buy smoking-related products. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so stay a minimum of six feet away from others and stay home if you can. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. episodes go to radio-memphis.com to download episodes to your mobile device search the show in itunes player.fm stitcher.com pocketcast or tune in and now here's more with rick cheddar from radioland there you go you heard what's coming up next time on the program should be a fine time there pilot and actor yeah that's a, it's an interesting combination for sure but it'll be a lot of fun uh that will be uh, happening next time here from the old radio program uh, in the meantime, uh, as you heard us talking a little bit about it with uh, with Leland, uh, the uh, the uh, um, feed the blues thing is happening. Yes, and it's continuing to do so. Yes, we've been holed up a little bit by weather by about a week, but that's okay. We're still taking collections and donations. And if you'd like to learn more, all you have to do is go to Facebook and search feed the blues, and it'll take you everything you need to go. There's a whole page on it, and uh, all the details are there. Uh, for those that don't have it, I'll run it by you real quick. Uh, Radio Memphis has is teamed up with the Memphis Blues Society and putting together a food bank, which we've done to Studio C uh, at our offices on Poplar Avenue. And if you're going to be out and about uh, Monday through Friday from like nine to two, uh, you can you can pop in with your non-perishable food items. You can donate canned goods, pasta, sauces. Some canned chicken, some tins of tuna, perhaps some sardines. Hell yeah. Uh, you know what's a big move down there? Vienna sausages. That's what that is, man. <laughs> that was a hit. Uh, we're getting we're getting a bunch of stuff together for another round of deliveries uh, uh, that way as well. So you can drop them off to us there uh, at the studios. And if you've got stuff but you don't want to get out in it, we've got volunteers that will be more than happy to come pick it up from you. You can just give us a call. That's correct. You can give us a call and leave a message, or you can even text it and say, hey, I've got some stuff up on my front porch. Here's my address. Do you mind coming by and come picking it up? And somebody will come by, pick it up. No contact, no no worries, <clears throat> no nothing. Our volunteers are clean. <laughs> well, most of them are. <laughs> some of them are dirty in all the right places. <laughs> call 901-352-0107. That is the... Uh, that's the business office for Pirate Radio Studios in Radio Memphis. So you can just call that number and just say, hey, uh, got some stuff. Or if you're outside the area and you'd like to help out as well, these take care of our legacy musicians. These are some of the older guys that are still working. And, you know, it's kind of tough for them to to ride this whole thing out until we can get them all back to work. And you can help them out as well financially by going to memphisbluesociety.com. That's correct. memphisbluesociety.com. Look over on the left side of the page and you'll see a link. It's a PayPal link that'll take you to the Papa Don McMinn Musicians Fund. Click on that and you can set yourself up a, a, a monthly donation if you'd like. 
or a one-time shot. And you can earmark it. You put a note in there that says, hey, I want to buy nothing but uh, Vienna sausages with this. Or I want to buy food. Or I need to buy, uh, let's, let's just make a, uh, here's a hundred bucks. We want socks. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, you can do it that way, or you can just put it into the general thing, and, and the Blue Society of Folk will make sure it gets spent in the correct manner. Every penny of that is spent here in our area, in the Memphis and Mid-South area, to take care of these musicians and make sure that they get the things that they need. Uh, it's a tough time for everybody. Uh, of course, winter's been specifically a little harder on us <clears throat> right now, at least. <laughs> and on top of that, let's mix in a pandemic. And you got uh, you got a you got a scary situation here, and not one of these guys should. No one, I don't care who it is, I no one should be staring at an empty plate or bowl and wonder what they're going to do. That's just I, I, I just I can't I can't live with that, and uh, most people can't either. Uh, when you have to make a decision on whether you are going to uh, buy your 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 insulin or have a bite to eat, there should be no question. There really should not be any question. And that's why we're, we're, we're doing this, to help out these guys and, and do the best that we can. And we need your help. And we've got the help of the, many of the volunteers of the Blues Society and the Blues Foundation as well. And we appreciate everything that those folks have done as well. So there, I'll leave it at that. Look for Feed the Blues on Facebook. Until next time, uh, you've heard what's coming up. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? This is Rick Cheddar. And this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com. 